Proverbs, chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. This is our jump off verse here. It says, Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. Uh, the two words that struck out to me this time around as I read this verse was another man. Now, uh, often and usually, uh, I, get, I just get tired of listening to proud people talk of themselves, and rightfully so. However, it, it says, let another man. Now, the other angle is... Uh, that we might need to uh, consider is that uh, another uh, person needs to be involved to praise those who are weak uh, because their security of themselves is not where it needs to be and they're weak in that and we need to be the ones to encourage them. Um, often uh, we look at it and say, well, they're just proud. And, you know, maybe they are. Uh, but... Um, we also at times need to make sure that we come off that uh, we do our part. Um, and in, in uh, our state and in our area, you know, we have all the four seasons. And so with that comes a, a sarcastic, a, a, um, an attitude that deals with those four seasons. We, we are not like the South. We don't sugarcoat things the way that they sugarcoat because they have such a lovely weather. No, you know what? We get it all. We get the rain. We get the snow. We, you know, but we also don't get the hurricane. So we're, we're okay with that. Um, but uh, with that, we, we, you know, we, we, uh, we turn blue in the wintertime because it's cold. You know? And uh, sometimes so does our attitude. It gets cold. Um, but uh, with that, uh, there is a need for another man. And uh, w the question I'm going to uh, throw to you is that are we another? Are you another? Uh, often we look at that and say, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. Well, and that's true. Don't be proud. But let another man. Well, maybe you're the other. Maybe you're another that needs to be the one that is the encourager. And, um, you know, go ahead and preach your message, but then also be another man. <laughs> be the other one that is the one that is encouraging. Uh, and we're going to look at three points here in which we can fill those needs. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you uh, for your word. I thank you for uh, the encouragement it is to us. Uh, Lord, uh, we all have needs. We all have burdens. And uh, we all have um, important tasks to fulfill. And may we uh, not pass that off to someone else, but make sure that we're doing the job that you want us to do, 
and, and doing it in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, turn to Proverbs 27. You're already there, see? Keeping you on your toes. Um, this one is bless one another. The first area that uh, we need uh, to be another is in the area of blessing one another. We need to bless one another. Um, you know, we must sometimes just turn it into a game because it is easy to be negative and it is easy to find that. Um, when uh, I was in school, I, well, before I went to school, I, w- I was at a suit store and I learned how suits had to fit on people a particular way. And then I went to school and I, I uh, took up some barbering and cut people's hair. And it got to a point where I would sit in, in a pew or, and I would start like, examining, wow, that person's suit is so big. And, whoa, they need a haircut. Boy, they just need a little trim here. And I tell you, after a while, I was like, man, I've got to get out of here. This is ridiculous. Uh, you just, I just start critiquing everything. And, um, you know, it, we can get into that habit in our Christian life where everything's just a critique instead of uh, being the encourager. However, then we get to the other extreme and then we just come off because we need to praise others and we just come off like a platter of flatter. You know, all we are is a cream puff. Uh, Well, that ain't good either. Uh, So there's got to be a balance. And we've got to find a way in which we encourage and we're just not saying things that, you know, are totally, uh, well, yeah, okay, you really dug into that one, you know. Uh, and it's just fake or false. Uh, we don't want to come off as someone that's fake either. Uh, and so uh, where this comes into a game is where we just ask the Lord, Lord, what do I say? Uh, what needs to be said here in a way that would be encouraging So we need to praise one another in how we bless. We need to prefer one another. Uh, Go to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Uh, God taught me a hard lesson in this area. We need to think of others' thoughts and needs over our own. We had a few months, quite a few months back now, there was a, a guy in our, uh, that works with us, his, his brother, was uh, killed in a motorcycle accident in which he was probably at fault. Um, he was, I think, doing a wheelie, they, they, uh, people observed, before he wrecked into a tree. Um, so it wasn't a good thing. It was something that could have been avoided. Uh, and on and on was this miserable thing that took place. And I had an opportunity. There was a, a timetable where it was just he and I, and I just opened the thing up and just talked to him, tried to be an encouragement. And was able, I think, to do that. But as I sat back in, in watch this thing pan out. He's never once come back to me at all about that conversation we had. And uh, I had an opportunity 
But the question is, was it the right timing? <laughs> was it the right timing? Um, for me, it was an opportunity. For me, it was a timing. For me, I cared. For me, uh, I, I brought forth things that I thought would be beneficial to him. But the problem is, I didn't know him. Uh, I don't know how he handles loss in his life. And the fact that he hasn't come back to me has bothered me. You know why? Because I, I feel that I might not have been the best help that I could have been. The best encouragement that was needed so that uh, when the time came, the softness, the timing was there. And uh, continually thinking on how can I prefer another over myself. Um, I, I had a great desire to be the blessing, but beyond that I need to remember him. And, and this is a lost person grieving for someone that probably passed on into eternity where he's burning forever in hell. Um, and that needs to be on the forefront of my mind. Uh, so preferring one another. We need to praise. We need to prefer. Um, think of those others' thoughts and needs over our own. But be uh, thankful of others fairly. Go to First uh, Timothy. And this idea of preferring one another. First uh, Timothy 5.21 Just got a few hodgepodge of verses here, but just kind of throwing some ideas, some thoughts for us to think on as we bless one another. Uh, it says here in 1 Timothy 5, verse 21, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observest these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Um, why is that? Because uh, if we, uh, we show one person uh, one form of blessing and another, another form of blessing, uh, it might discourage one over the other. Uh, be, being very careful uh, not to show um, a, uh, a partiality, uh, a favor higher than another. Um, encouraging, for instance, just kids as a whole, uh, viewing them the the same. Um, I realize that each personality is different, and sometimes uh, different personalities respond to different personalities. I realize that. But in our mind, we can't be partial. And that's the key. Uh, we've got to uh, be thankful in our, in our heart and mind uh, toward each other fairly. Um, and I think if we do that in how we uh, show forth our blessing, will be exactly what is needed. You see, it's not, it's not that we're necessarily... Um, we may respond in our blessing differently because each person's personality will need a different kind of encouragement. But in our mind, we're going to be thankful for each one. Um, if we can think right now of someone in this room that's an irritation to us, we're, we're partial. We're partial. And that's something that we have to be careful of. Because if uh, we are to be the blessing that God wants us to be, you know, maybe, again, the reason why they're in irritation and they're so proud is because 
they're insecure because we haven't done our part. Are we that another? Are we another to bless one another through praise and through preference? Secondly, go to Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Galatians 6, verse 2. It says here in verse 2 of Galatians 6, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, this is a command. It is not optional. However, we'll use the excuse which is found in Galatians 6 verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. Well, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm dealing with. You don't understand my burden. Uh, it doesn't matter. It says, bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, sometimes the thing that God will help get you through your burden is fulfilling somebody else's. And we need to bear one another's burdens. But often we think we have too many burdens and we're off the hook. And as my kids say, negavig. In the Greek that means negative. Um, no, it means no. It means we are another. Let another. That means us. We are another. And so we cannot wait for someone else or another to fill that void. You know, it seems every time we have a big day, we have missions conference or special meetings, things happen in our church. Uh, cars begin slowly uh, to roll into the car doctor's office, right? And that, oh, it's going to be that much. <laughs> and you're, you're weighing in yourself, do I buy a new car or do I fix this one? You know, it, it gets into those fun dilemmas, right? Uh, and uh, then uh, you, uh, you have that extended visit with that car or extended prices. Uh, we have uh, sickness that increases right beforehand uh, or uh, just uh, issues that we have to bear. And then someone says, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. Right? Liar! Liar! <laughs> oh, yes. You know what you're trying to do, though? You're just trying to bear one another's burdens. Um, you know, as we do that, God gives us what we need. But it's easy to look around at one another and say, well, they're another. They can, they can deal with that sober suds. <laughs> no, you're the un another. You're another. That God wants to use as a vessel to be a help. To help smooth out something that needs some encouraging. It's a command to care for others. Go to John fifteen, seventeen. John fifteen, 
in verse 17. It says here, These things I command you that ye love one another. That ye love one another. You know, care comes with action. Care comes with action. I said this before as uh, Hillman tells the story of a rider on horseback who many years ago came across a squad of soldiers who was trying to move a heavy piece of timber. And a, a corporal stood by giving loudly orders to heave. <laughs> and it wasn't heaving. <laughs> but he said again, all right, one more time, heave. And of course that timber wasn't moving. And at that time, a quiet man on his horse addressing the corporal said, well, why don't you help them? He said, me? Why? Well, I have, I'm a corporal, sir. And he's nodding his head. Yeah, kind of, I, I get it. <laughs> You're a corporal. Dismounted his horse, and stranger took his side with the rest of the men and said, all right, now heave! And the timber rolled into place. With that, the man mounted again and said, anytime you need a piece of timber, for your men to handle, Corporal, just send for your commander-in-chief. Of course, at that time, the commander-in-chief was General George Washington, our first American president. He realized that in order for things to be accomplished the right way, care has to be involved. Care has to be involved. Washington did not bear the burden the way his corporal bore the burden. He bore the burden by helping move the load. You know, we all have different gifts. We find in 1 Corinthians 12. And with those different gifts, we use them in different ways. But uh, also remember, as we care with those gifts, that... Uh, we just need to keep in mind that every personality is not us. And they respond differently with those gifts. Other people respond to those gifts of ministry differently. And uh, often you might get involved and say, you know, all I'm trying to do is help. But understand again that we're all in this together. And uh, we have to understand that each person deals differently and responds differently. And our job is not to get upset or bent on the way those people handle that. And Washington here uh, understood the struggle of his men. And instead of yelling at them, he did what they needed, and that was a little extra help. Uh, they were muddy. They were wet. They were cold. And he went down, and what did he do? He related to that, didn't he? The next idea here with bear one another's burdens is to converse with them. Converse with them. Uh, go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. 
It says here, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Say, whoa, whoa, here we go. No, I'm out. I'm not going to be another. I will not wash somebody's feet. Well, good. I'm glad we got that established because... Uh, I, for one, have the most nastiest, gnarly feet. My whole family will attest. Um, that's not what's being implied here. And you're like, whew, okay, we're good. We're back on target here. Um, but what that is saying, what Christ was speaking of here, uh, go with me to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. No, we're not going to have the the missions conference and we're going to bless one another by having a foot washing station as they come into the church. No, because it's just holy ground. No, we are not going to do that. Uh, um, But what this is saying here is that these disciples walked around in the deserts in the daily life and got their feet filthy. And so Christ washed their feet. It says in uh, Ephesians 6, in verse 15, it says, "...in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace." This is not talking of your conversion with Christ. This is talking about your conversation of Christ, your testimony, your walk in the world is what this is talking about here. And this is the, uh, again, this is the importance of attending church. The importance of being, uh, to the best of your ability, involved with uh, all the special meetings when you can make it. Why? Because everyone else has been walking in the filth of the world with you as well. And the Bible says in John 15, 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I has spoken unto you. But we can't give a verse that we found in our devotions if we're not here talking with one another. And we can't be that encouragement that we need to be if we don't know what's going on. Uh, We can't talk to somebody and ask them how they're doing because they missed a service because we're missing services too, so we can't notice when they're not here. So we can't even ask what's going on or how they're doing. Because we've got to converse with them. And it says, Your Lord and Master have washed your feet. Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. What's that saying? We need to help one another. Because... We're in the same filth of the world as each other. And we've got to be there to help one another. Yes, you can hear the... You say, well, I can, I can listen to messages online. You're right. But you can't encourage someone in your home when you're home and everyone else is at church. Because you can't give them the Word of God. You can't encourage them You can't uh, let them know you're praying for them when you're home. Build another man's work. 
Lastly, the third point here is don't have another be involved in building another's work. Don't just leave it for someone else to do. Luke 16, verse 12. Luke 16. We've got a missions conference coming up. And you know what a missions conference is? It's an opportunity to build another man's work. Luke 16, 12 says, And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? It seems kind of like an oxymoron there. It seems like you're supposed to do your own Get your own burden established, and then you can help somebody else's burden. But in this context, it says, be first faithful in somebody else's before you have your own. We're going to look at two thoughts there that we can build another man's work. Uh, by lifting up words. Go to Genesis 11. Say, Genesis 11, Tower of Babel. How in the world does this fit? We're going to show you. Genesis 11, verse 7. You hear God speaking? It says, Go to. Let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. God disrupted their words because they were being used to accomplish a great work. So he took and gave them different languages because they were getting along way too well. <laughs> now they're getting along to do a work that was not beneficial and uh, they, were, they were going about trying to get to heaven the wrong way, but they were accomplishing a togetherness that was actually uh, very strong. In so much that God says, we're just going to have to uh, give them a different language. Are, are your words used to build up a great work? Or do you pray that God would confound your language so it doesn't come off to be offensive? Yeah, I've wished that before. Oh, Lord, I hope they didn't understand it that way because that sounds really bad. <laughs> Can you please make that sound like German to them right there? Because that didn't come out really well. <laughs> yeah, about that. Again, you know, I know we're New Yorkers. We're blunt, opinionated, sarcastic, and just accidentally rude. I mean, we don't even do it on purpose. We're just that natural, <laughs> right? <laughs> we are. We're just that natural. But, you know... And again, we don't need to come off like a cream puff, but we don't need to come off like a lemon either. Um, so in, yet, we can time and prepare those uplifting words so that the work of God is accomplished. Uh, often, God doesn't need to uh, confound our language. It's already confounded. It's already confusing. It's already um, causing enough problems that the work does get hindered. 
Lifting up words. Lifting up words. When, when special speakers come, are they encouraged? Is there a unity? You know, they, they hear one person's perspective and they hear another's and say, whoa, that doesn't match up the church's direction. We should have a unity that is working in the same direction. Not this person's doing, you know, kind of like judges. Every man doeth that which is right in their own eyes. You know, we're just off in this direction, off in this direction. You know, everybody's got their own language in which they're living for the Lord. Well, we should be together. We should be together in the same mission, uh, trying to accomplish the same goal. Could you imagine soldiers just doing their own thing in war? And wow, that would wreak a lot of havoc because uh, the enemy would be able to control them if they're a unified front. Why? Because they, there's no direction. They're just all doing their own thing. You know what? Uh, we need to be together doing what God wants for this church, following the leadership that is given. So don't wait for another for those lifting up words, but also laying up wealth. Laying up wealth. So I'm trying to work on that, but the bills keep piling in. I get it. I get it. Uh, Genesis uh, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 10. Go with me there. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 24. Again, missions conference is just a blink away. We'll blink twice and it'll be over. <laughs> but it says here, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. But you know what we do? We look around and say, well, I'll let another do that. Not this year. Um, I've got too much going on this year. But the widow, she, she gave her last two mites, didn't she? I guarantee we have more than two mites in this room. The poorest of person here has more than two mites. Guarantee it. Well, you don't understand my condition. Last I checked, you are another. You are another. How are we doing? How are we doing? Are you another that can bless one another? Are you another that can bear one another's burdens? Are you another that can build another man's work? The question is, yes. Absolutely so. The question is, are we willing to respond? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. Kind of a different, unusual message for a missions conference. But I do know this, that we all carry a little extra burdens when we come in to a special week because God's working on hearts. I know VBS gets the same way. Are we concerned about another and trying to help in that way? 
so that there's a unity that God can do a special work. I don't know about you, but I want to see God do something great. But often, He can't because we're too busy with families in, an, in the church conflicting with little petty things. That maybe, unfortunately, God thinks, you know, if you just take a few examples from the Tower of Babel, before I destroyed and threw the languages there, you could do something special for me. We can't sit around and wait for another to do their part. How about you? Say, God spoke to me, here's my hand. Would you please pray for me? Okay, anyone else? Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for those that lifted their hands. Lord, uh, it might not even be anything that was said tonight. God, you're just that good, that gracious to us, pointing out things in our life. And it's just good to know that you're not finished with us. You're not done with us. You care for us. And Lord, you want us to fulfill what you would have for us in our life. Lord, we have a missions conference coming on. Lord, I don't know what you have in store for us. I don't know if you have a few extra missionaries you want us to support. Uh, I do know this, Lord, that you want us to do our part and not wait around for another to do theirs. Lord, may we take the accountability that we need to do our part. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand.